Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, once again, Mr. Voiceman, you are just half right. Chris Walton is uh, still out sick. Oh, no, he's not. He's on vacation now. <laughs> Weeks vacation and a week, week being sick. I mean, he's something. It's all right. How you doing, Mike? Uh, good morning. I'm doing good. It's Monday. We're back at work. Uh, busy, busy week. You just mentioned in the news there, State of the uh, Union. Yep. Coming up here uh, tomorrow night, some of the things we're talking about this morning. And by the way, if you'd like to weigh in, you can, because our phone lines are open at 208 336 Toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you want to email, remember, email Mike at KBOI.com. Chris is out again today. You can also text us, same as our main number, at 208-336-3700. Things we're talking about today, United States military finally shot down the Chinese spy balloon that had been flying flying over the United States for, I guess, more than a week now. Parts of uh, Alaska, I guess, it started flying over... Lucian Islands a uh, week before it even hit the United States. And once it flew over water, the military's, uh, what is it, F-22 Raptor? Is that what it is? Whatever it is they've got. Shot it down. Kerplunk. Just outside of uh, North Carolina. Good for them. Navy now uh, searching for the debris. China. I, I think is, that could have been handled better. China is personally. pissed. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's like... You hear that and you go, you're pissed? Really? If the United States had flown a spy balloon over China, what do you think China would be doing right now? I think they would be pretty angry. And and by the way, if we would have done the same thing and pled ignorance and go, oh, no, it's not our balloon. It's a civilian weather balloon. It's not a military thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. What What would China be doing if the United States had done this exact same thing? Yeah, I I would say that the response from uh, the White House on shooting it down, I think they got to the right place in doing that. I also think they waited a really good damn long time to get that done. There were times you could have shot this down before... It entered areas, and I, and I get it. When you're, you're, you're in you highly populated areas, you can't shoot it down because it, it could come down on people. But, Mike, if you're seeing this as it's over the Aleutian Islands, way Alaska, before it comes yeah. into the continent, yeah. you know, you've got plenty of time to deal with that. What it's is already it? in United States airspace. What's the total Take population? Take care of it then instead of it letting it float all the way to the East Coast. What's the total population of Alaska? 13? That's uh, 123. I don't know. There's a lot of area in Alaska you could have shot that balloon over uh, and not had to risk sure. anybody. So, no. um, there's also uh, reports, you know, that the fact that China said this is an accident kind of goes out the wayside when you hear the reports that there's apparently another spy balloon going over Latin America, Chinese spy balloon. So it's like, really? You have two? I guess two happening at the same time. Why are they sending the balloons out though? Is because it's cheaper to do it like that than send it into space? Oh yeah, it's way cheaper. Like I was reading over the weekend that a sending up a satellite costs minimum three hundred million dollars to shoot up a satellite. Okay, it costs you know a few million to put a balloon up. How much does the satellite cost? Three over three hundred million. Sure, I'm I'm saying that's just to get it up in the air, not. Continue. I, I think my my point here is if you've got 
a satellite that costs $500 million and you're sending it up in a balloon and there's a good chance something like that's going to get shot down when it goes over somebody else's airspace, why do you send that that up? You're going to lose five hundred million dollars. No, you know, you're never going to be able to use that satellite again. I think you're missing the point here. Satellite and a balloon are two different things. Satellite is something gets shot up in outer space. Right. I'm, I'm talking about whatever it is they had on the balloon. Yeah. The, the, Would you call it a satellite? No. Um, what it no. was a it was equipment. They're able to take pictures. They're able to you know beam back. And, and the pictures are same a types bit of things closer. you would send up though in a satellite. Same thing, yeah. Just what is the equipment you're sending up? Is is it still worth millions? It, no, it, it maybe millions, but it's probably two hundred and eighty million dollars cheaper to send up a balloon than it is to send up a satellite. Yeah. And if it does get shot down, you know you're you're not out of a do you go whole heck of a lot of money? It doesn't matter. I don't know, but Pro- uh, probably I think. I mean, you know, for the for the amount of money that it that it costs. I think in either case you're looking at a net loss because you can see the dumb balloon. Well, and now everybody knows that you're spying. Apparently not cuz um and this is this is more like I said no, we'll no, talk about this. No, no, it's just this. from the civilian quarter. The, you really want to see what's happening in Ohio today. There are reports that there were at least 3 balloons spy balloons that china had over the united states during the trump administration that nobody knew about really so well, we would we, that classified did we well even the president didn't know about it the military claims said that which is seems to me to be another big problem it's like why are you not telling the commander-in-chief well they they could have told him he just may not have read that report no the military says, says that they did not tell him mar-a-lago i don't know yeah and the military I'm just being said, a jerk i'm sorry yeah the military said I'm that like, the administration did not know until after they they didn't report it to the administration until Biden was president, which seems really really weird to me. I don't know anything about that. But would we know? Would the United States have shared that this balloon was over the United States had it not been for civilians taking pictures of it? You know, that's a fantastic question. I don't know, but I did see some really great memes of people <laughs> in like the <laughs> South trying to throw stuff at it to knock it out of. A- Oh, well, we'll talk about that because um, apparently... Little kid with his BB gun. I'm going to get it for you, mama. Apparently, in South Carolina, the police had to tell people to stop shooting at it. No, they yeah, did I not. Swear to God. I swear to God. We'll talk more about this. <laughs> oh, maybe that wasn't a meme. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's something you would expect Montana to. Oh, oh look, let's bring her down. She's get, good. Get get my thirty out six, Mildred. Just knock it off. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Uh, other things that we will oh, talk about uh, this morning. Lisa Sanchez wants her Boise City Council seat back right damn now. Oh, or of she's course suing. She does. Oh, suing. <laughs> well, we'd hate for her to get rid of that. Want it you back know, now. That slush fund that's been so good to her. Uh, also, campaign funds, whatever. Also, um, this is happening tonight. So if you're looking to be instantly rich, no winner of the $700 million Powerball on Saturday night. Oh, what a relief. I forgot to buy a ticket. Newest drawing is happening tonight, and it will be worth a cool quarter of a billion. That's with a B, quarter of a billion dollars. Kind of awesome. Unless you take the cash option, then it'll be worth $403 million. And as you and I are fond of saying, you have a... One in 302 million mm-hmm. chance of winning the jackpot, was ju- which is just a little bit better than if you don't play at all. Right. 
However, okay. you really can't win unless you do play. So keep that in mind. That drawing is coming up here once again tonight. So as I love to, to tell people, can't win if you don't play. Can't win if you don't play. That's the truth. Those are just some of the things we're talking about this morning. Want to weigh in? Feel free to do it. Right now, it is time for our first check on what's going on in sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Open up seven days a week, making your plans to get your day under in the right way. Head to Cuna here in about 45 minutes, and they'll be open up for breakfast for you. I have a, a problem with uh, Friday night's game. Boise Sat- State Saturday got night. smoked. Was it Friday night? Yeah. Yeah, Friday night. You have one, just one problem? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the one. Boise State got smoked. Boise State men's basketball team suffering its most lopsided loss of the season. Although the team was a bit depleted, missing some guys from the starting lineup. More on that from Bob Beeler. 72-52, to 52, taking advantage that Boise State senior point guard Marcus Shaver Jr. didn't play with an injured ankle. Coach Rice said it made things very tough. You know, we don't have a ton of quickness and, you know, it's not the strength of this team is a bunch of guys that can go buy guys. But we have the right amount of everything when you put them all five together. But when you lose one, it kind of throws us out of balance more than kind of. And when you lose one that's a, you know, fifth-year guy like Marcus that's that good, it changes everything. Broncos shot just 37% for the game and made only two threes. The Aztecs shot 51% and out-rebounded Boise State by eight. The men are off until Saturday when they host Wyoming at six. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Good time for a buy. Good time for a buy. (laughs) Holy cats. Yeah, if you don't have to play Tuesday, everybody can get healthy. You hope this week, and you bring a full lineup out with you on Saturday. I mean, that's best-case scenario for Boise State. But playing right now with a depleted roster... I think we understand what Marcus Shaver Jr. means uh, yeah. to the team right now. Well, the, the other thing you can't, I mean, your two best players basically were eliminated. Yeah. T- Tyson Dagenhart can't get three fouls in the first 12 minutes when you're mi- missing. That's true. Mark, Marcus Shaver. Yeah. You and did, if I you're mean, only going to make two you threes in a guys. game against San Diego State, you're going yep. to lose. Especially yeah. you're losing rebounds as well. Unfortunately, that whole thing of live by the three, die by the three. And this it is, happens. This is one of the first games this year where <laughs> they've died by the three, unfortunately. KBOI News Time is 616. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. What is this? Ah. Uh. That song is screaming Mike Casper. <laughs> yeah, United um, States shot down the Chinese spy balloon over the oh, weekend. Oh, Mike, did you write that? I, that was me singing, couldn't you tell? No, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I, nice job. Well done. The uh, suspected Chinese spy balloon was spotted in the skies over York County, South Carolina, after crossing over state lines from North Carolina. Uh, York County Sheriff's Office said in a verified tweet, (laughs) yes, there are reports that the Chinese balloon is flying over our area right at the moment. It's flying at 60,000 feet. Stop trying to shoot it down. (laughs) 
Your rifle rounds will not reach it. Be responsible. Remember what goes up must come down, including bullets. It reminds me of... Hey, Billy Bob, get the gun. We got to shoot this thing down. <laughs> What's the uh, the, what the, the movie where they're stranded on a desert island and they've got flares and they see an airliner. It's like three miles high <laughs> and they're shooting flares. Like, what are you doing? This whole place could be on fire and they still wouldn't see it. Not from that high up. Yeah. Wow. Good job. I got a scope. I, you know. And I got special ammunition. I personally bring believe that now, down. I don't think the military brought it down. I bet it was one of them South Carolina rednecks. Good man. Shot that sucker down. Yes, sir. Good job. You're a fine American. America! boy. <laughs> uh, another thing we'll uh, talk about coming up a little bit later this morning, a bill introduced into the legislature last week. Starting to get a little bit busier. Finally uh, starting to do something with property taxes that we'll talk about. Get your input on which one you would like best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another bill uh, introduced last week would limit absentee ballots here in Idaho. In other words, if you you voted absentee, which, by the way, I did last year, last election, this bill passes, probably a really good chance you won't be able to do that anymore. There will be Mm -hmm. a very minute small number of people who would be approved to be able to vote absentee we'll tell you about that and what the bill says get your thoughts on what you think about that also on the way for you coming up this morning our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless if you want to get through mike at kboi.com stick around also um we've got this morning a 50 dollars gift certificate to deja brew bistro in meridian great place to have breakfast lunch or dinner big wine list they got uh, delicious mimosas and of course delicious food for you chance to win that with our casper and chris damn near impossible question we'll let you start working on that little question coming up here give you uh, uh plenty of time to work on it we'll give it to you here in about half an hour but your chance to win will be coming up in the eight o'clock hour this morning for your google play simply say hey google play 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi congratulations going out to rourke wood caller number six picked themselves up a pair of tickets to get into the uh, boise golf show absolutely free coming up this thursday friday and saturday at expo um extra I'm sorry, Expo Idaho. Say that again. Expo <laughs> I was trying Eric. to I was trying to combine Expo Idaho with Extra Mile Arena, Expo Idaho Mile Arena, uh, but no, it's going out at uh, Expo Idaho. Chance to win uh, some more of those tickets coming up later this morning, plus chances to win all week long here on News Talk KBOI. Um, got an email uh, in. We were talking last week uh, about the Kyrie Nichols case. And uh, Bob writes in, uh, last week you guys were asking if there was any other kinds of non-lethal tools a cop could use to detain someone. So how about a net? They make guns that shoot a net, but could also just be used by hand. I've seen them used on animals. And, of course, Planet of the Apes, I think, would be a useful tool to add to their arsenal. Uh, The only problem with nets would be that, you know, using them against animals, an animal isn't doesn't have a chance to shoot back at you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, if you if you can guarantee that there's no danger, maybe a, a net would work. However, if you if you remember right, the Tyree Nichols thing um, had more to do with Tyree Nichols being beaten to death once they caught him. I mean, they had him they had him under control. So I mean, this isn't something that you need a non lethal way to catch the person. This in the Tyree Nichols case, that person was already caught. And cops continued, unfortunately, to beat on the poor guy. I don't know that I have a lot to add to that, Mike. I think you characterized that pretty well. Yeah, I just, Nets, I mean, might work in some cases, but I think if there's a possibility of uh, somebody having a weapon, knife, or gun, uh, I don't think you want to go into a, a gun or a knife fight with a net. Just saying. No. Yeah. No, I would not. KBOI Newstime, 644. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Once again, you can email us. Uh, Rick filling in once again for Chris Walton today. He is out sick. It's time for Rick to give us the latest update on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. It's in the name. If you love pork, you are going to find some amazing pork products. Their bacon is delicious. Their sausage is delicious. Their pulled pork is delicious. Their sausage... Gravy is, everything's just delicious. Get in and find out what we're talking about today. Pork Belly and Cuna, they open up in 15 minutes. I'd like to report in this sports report, the score is one nothing in favor of the United States over China for the uh, balloons shot down this week. Did you, did you? Sorry, that's, that's the best I could do. Did you see the uh, meme that showed, uh, it says, it's, it's, not a, it's not the moon, and then it had the Star Wars Death Star? <laughs> No, but I'm sure I'd like that. The Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irvin to the Dallas Mavericks. This according to ESPN. Mavericks sending Dorian Finley-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and an unprotected 2029 first-round draft pick and second-round picks in 2027 and 2029 to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie and uh, another player that you won't know and you'll never see on the court. (laughs) The Nets plan to offer the picks acquired in that trade as well as their 2027 first-round pick to the 76ers in trade talks to try and improve the roster ahead of the Thursday trade deadline. Now, all this to the Brooklyn Nets means that they're still going to have Kevin Durant, who is maybe the best scorer I've ever seen in my life, even Michael Jordan. Nobody could shoot like Kevin Durant. But he doesn't get a lot of support. Clearly, uh, trades that Brooklyn has made in the past to try and strengthen and get a big three together haven't worked. So Kyrie is out, and who knows how that's going to work for the Brooklyn Nets as of right now. But uh, I don't know. Chemistry has to be better than it was because there was no chemistry on that team at all. KBOI News Time is 646. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Phone lines are open once again for you this morning at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, also 1-800-529-5264. And uh, they are open and you're encouraged to take part in the show. You can also email us. Chris is out today. Rick filling in. You can email me. Don't. Don't play the dumb song again. Mike, I don't want to hear the balloon song again. I don't want you to play it. It's happening throughout the morning because it's such a great song.
Don't forget, uh, Nathaniel, just edit as we go, please. The uh, sweet deal of the week. Our fastest selling sweet deal in history. They'll try and uh, see if they can beat their old record. I think their old record is two minutes, 26 seconds. We're talking lock, stock, and barrel. This one always goes really fast because you get a great deal. Half price, 25 bucks. Keep in mind, Sundays, they have their popular prime rib dinner specials. Two for just forty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Twenty five bucks could get you prime rib dinner special with all the fiction for only twenty five bucks if you take advantage of this sweet deal. It's pretty good. Yes, it is. Remember, on sale Friday morning nine o'clock sharp. If you are there at nine o three, you're probably going to miss out. So make uh, whatever things you have to do to remember. Set an <laughs> alarm clock on your phone. Whatever. Uh, sweet deals also available right now. Some great ones for Valentine's Day if you want to check those out right now. 24 long stem roses in a vase for $60. That includes free shipping. 18 karat white gold plated crystal heart drop necklace for 8 bucks. Those are just some of the items that are available right now. Don't have to wait. Coming up for you this morning, we've got a Deja Brew gift certificate for our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Questions brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. You got a question? For any of your needs and comes to real estate call 208-888-4128 our question today in uh french architect for the eiffel tower is also known for another architectural design that's pretty famous what is it if you know the answer stick around after eight you can be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll free 1-800-529-kboi now back to casper and chris on news talk kboi On Saturday, a fighter jet striking the balloon with a missile at about 60,000 feet. The Air Force confirms this is the pilot speaking moments after the balloon was hit. Break one, splash one. That is a take kill. China's vice foreign minister accused the U.S. of an indiscriminate use of force in shooting down the balloon, saying, quote, What the U.S. has done has seriously damaged both sides' efforts and progress in stabilizing Sino-U.S. relations. Federal investigators are hopeful Navy divers can find most of the technology bay that was suspended below the now-destroyed Chinese spy balloon, which was reportedly used to monitor sensitive military installations. The FBI is expected to take custody of any components and ship them to a lab in Quantico, Virginia, for intelligence gathering. China's response is just stupid. Well, yeah. You've seriously caused bad relations Really? How about not putting a spy balloon over the United States airspace? That That's what has caused problems with relations between U.S. and China, not us shooting down. You would China would have done the same exact thing if the U.S. was flying a spy balloon over China. Well, it would have been down probably on hour number one. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that one bit. And then they would have been blaming the U.S. for harming U.S. China relations because you put a spy balloon over the United or put a spy balloon over China. Should I tell everybody the Worthington plan? If it's if it's as dumb as the one where you said we should just take a net and no 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 no, <laughs> I'm still I'm still thinking that there's a good way to have gotten your hands on all that equipment without splashing it over a seven mile radius in the ocean, you know. Mm-hmm. You send up the drones, you force that balloon to the ground slowly, you do it in the middle of the night where nobody can see it going on, right? 
Nobody could see what you're doing there with the drones. Yeah, no, everybody, you could see, but they can't see. Everybody goes to sleep right. at night, so nobody, right. nobody's awake. So. I'm saying you do it at night where they can't see it. <laughs> All right? Then? And then you take you take the equipment. You get your hands on it. You put another balloon up in the air that looks similar, and when it gets to be daylight, you shoot that sucker down. You do it over the ocean where nobody is going to be able to get their hands on any of that garbage that you just throttled all over the place because you sent an f-22 to make it look good you know but you get your hands on the equipment and then if it's cameras you take you take a bunch of really you take a bunch of pictures and you send it to the chinese that let them know hey we got your stuff like took pictures of disneyland what like what i you? mean you get a bunch of guys lined up moon the camera you oh, take a snapshot goodness. of that and you send that thing out now, there the, you go. The debris landed in 47 feet of water, which is shallower than officials had expected. Oh, wow. Um, it is spread out over seven miles, and recovery operation is including several ships. Officials estimated the recovery efforts would be completed in a pretty short time. Um, mm-hmm. So they think that they can get most of the items from this thing, and then they'll be turning it over to identify exactly what, the equipment was used for was it used for spying was it was it relaying information i mean because it flew over a couple of u.s air force bases yeah the other thing that is uh, kind of kind of concerning is this is not a piece of high-tech equipment this is stuff that's been used for hundreds of years we're talking balloons they used balloons in world war one and world war two not a high technology piece of equipment from one of our biggest adversaries, right? And look how much trouble a balloon gave the United States military in deciding what to do. I mean, this thing flew over the United States for over a week. What is your biggest surprise in all of this? That we allowed it to float over the United States for nearly a week or that we ended up shooting it down after it had been uh, over almost the entire continent? I get why you didn't want to shoot this thing down over populated areas. Yeah. But but I think based on the information that we have, you could have shot it down over very sparsely populated areas without any problem, especially in the fact now that we're finding out that it started, you know, over Alaska. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have shot it down over Alaska. If it's flying over U.S. airspace, you've invaded air, U.S. Air, airspace. Yeah. So if you were going to take it out, should have taken it out way earlier. By the way, it was over Canada for a great deal of time as well. There's also reports that there is another Chinese spy balloon over Latin America right now that they're tracking. So the fact that China is saying, oh, yeah, this is uh, not a planned thing. This is a civilian weather balloon. You know, when you when you start to have uh, multiple balloons going over, um, doesn't sound like a real mistake. And here's the other thing. In reading this weekend, I don't know how easily this can be done because i don't know enough about technology but apparently there was talk that something like this china could put an emt pulse web weapon in and explode it over u.s airspace which would knock out electronics through a wide swath of the united states mm-hmm. any anything that runs by computer would be down for a long time so is that what china's doing here I have no idea. I don't either. Four-star general claims over the weekend, which is kind of scary, 
that uh, he believes the United States and China will be at war by 2025. Well, let's not hold our breath for uh, things like that, but I understand. That's two years away. I understand why he's coming to that conclusion, though. I mean, don't you? I hope it's not true. Well, I I don't hope it's true, Mike. I'm just saying I understand where he's coming to uh where he's coming from on this. Well, and I I do too. I mean, when you see things like this, I mean, it just takes somebody to, you know, do something stupid and all of a sudden we'd be at war. China even says they res- they res- reserve the right to take further actions. Criticize the U.S. for an obvious overreaction and a serious violation of international practice. Well, there are a number of things that China, that China would like to fight us over. Um, the same as we would like to fight with them over. It has a lot to do with territory, right? I mean, we've been we've been going bare knuckle with China over places like uh, <laughs> the Taiwan for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is this offering them a chance to be more aggressive? Maybe. Could use an excuse, right? Well, could use lots of things as an excuse, but... 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Go ahead and weigh in if you want. Mike at KBY.com. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Check out their full menu, porkbellyidaho.com. I was not very impressed with what we saw yesterday from the NFL. (laughs) The what, Pro a, Bowl. what a waste of time. I, I'm right with you. I, I think the NFL Pro Bowl is the dumbest thing ever now. Look, the NFL realizes that in a world of games that don't mean anything, the Pro Bowl is the least likely that people will watch. It's flat. It's flag football. football now. <laughs> the flag football aspect, you did have players that were trying out there, you know, yeah. But you didn't have linemen out there beating the snot out of each other. So I like the idea of doing a flag football game. But Some really, Miles Garrett no, got seriously injured, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody really wants to watch flag football. But yeah, we did see a, a player get hurt. The revamped Pro Bowl game resulted in greater intensity than recent years. And the first NFC victory since the AFC versus the NFC format was reintroduced back in 2017. And there were 58,000 fans in Las Vegas there to watch. But was it any good? No. Really? Were they really there to watch or they go, hey, let's go to Las Vegas and gamble. By the way, there's some sort of NFL deal going on. We could go to that, too. Yeah. The game was not without somewhat unfortunate event with Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett suffering an injury during one of the skills competitions. Reportedly, a dislocated toe is what it is. Mike, he'll live. That's all I'm saying. Defensive ends don't need use of their feet anyway, so no big deal. KPY News Time is 7.17. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 
723, Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk uh, about your money. And looking right now ahead of the opening here in about seven or eight minutes, we're going to open up about 150, 160 points down on the Dow. Looks like three of the indexes all uh, looking like they're going to be opening up on the downside. Um, as good as it looks here for a, a little while so far in January, in the first few days of February, looks like there's going to be some pushback starting today, huh? Yeah, seen a little bit of resistance, and that obviously got started on Friday based on the stellar jobs report that we that was released, where it showed the U.S. added uh, more than a half a million jobs last month, and that really dampens the the prospect for the Federal Reserve to do an immediate pause on rising interest rates, which hands down was a key factor of the big rally that we saw in January. And it's interesting too, because you're seeing some market pundits argue that these, that we're seeing the January effect. And it's really, it comes down to a, like a seasonal process from investors where at the end of the year, you usually see a bit of a sell-off in stocks for tax loss harvesting purposes or tax gain harvesting purposes. Leave some cash there on the sidelines and then January leads that cash to be invested. So I do think that there's a part of that but, you know, I think it's mainly across p- profit-taking, bottom line. I think we're seeing a little bit of profit-taking. I think you're seeing earnings reports so far kind of stay in line with estimates, even though these large technology companies that reported last week, Amazon, parent company of Google Alphabet, you had Apple. These companies largely disappointed on earnings, and these are such huge behemoths in the markets. I think you're seeing that effect hit on Thursday. You're seeing the jobs report on Friday, leading into a little dampened sentiment here today, at least in the futures market. Now, we have a slew of earnings that are going to be reported this week to include Hertz, Chipotle, PepsiCo. We had technology was obviously the headliners last week. We get a more diversified scope of what companies are going to report in earnings. And we're going to see how that goes. You also have Jerome Powell do, having a, has a speech that'll take place this week. Investors, again, are going to be listening very closely to what his sentiment is well. So I anticipate this week to probably fall more in line where maybe we see a bit of a pause on this rally. Uh, too close too close right now to call soft landing, recession, right. any of that. But I think the market's going to be a little bit more cautious this week and be dependent on earnings. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll get an update uh, here after the opening about an hour from from uh, right now, uh, looks like right now across the board, going to be opening uh, in the red, and then we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Before the Eagles departed Philadelphia, Coach Nick Sirianni told fans planning to travel to Sunday's game. Be loud like you always are. Go Birds! Expect to hear a lot this week about the Super Bowl coaching matchup. That's because Chiefs head coach Andy Reid spent 14 seasons as the Eagles coach. Another major Super Bowl storyline, it's the first time two black quarterbacks will start in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes for Kansas City and Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia. Brian Clark, ABC News. Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen. Getting ready for the big game. I like this matchup. I do too. Who do you who do, who do you got? We're gonna take the same team, aren't we? I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Are you? Yeah. I'm gonna take Philadelphia. Okay. And I really thought San Francisco was uh, going to beat Philadelphia, but man, part of the problem was I mean, maybe you get one of your first three 
quarterbacks. Yeah. It'd be all San, right. San Francisco was down to their sixth-string quarterback by the time they got done, and no defense is going to help you out because I don't care what team you are. If you're down to your fifth or yeah, sixth-string quarterback, the, you're, you're not winning a game. The only team that I've seen that had the ability to win with just their defense on the field was that Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because Trent Dilfer was not throwing touchdowns. Well, I don't know. The Seahawks, you know, holding uh, the number one offense. Well, you're not wrong. That was a good defense. 50 Absolutely. To, what was it, 50-3? to three? Well, I, I don't think Baltimore scored a offensive touchdown but once in like three games yeah. in the playoffs. They were, they still were good won. all year, all year yeah. long. So, yeah. That's, all right, good. Hey, in I, fact, I'm glad ESPN, we're, taking, we're taking different teams. ESPN's doing a 30-for-30 30 30 on that Ravens defense, too. Are they? Yeah. Chicago defense was pretty good. Uh, was that ninety five? Yeah, Peyton Manning kind of blew that one up. Which one? Peyton Manning blew up the Bears defense that year. No, that, that was the so year good. that they played New England. Ninety five. That we're we're talking clear back in ninety five. I don't even remember then. You gotta, uh, were you even? I wasn't even born then. We have a I'm general so, gentleman so who lives here in the Treasure Valley who played on that team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Reitman. He That's owns, right. He owns the uh, hunting. He was in the and 85. He, I'm sorry. I said 85. 95. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was 85. Sorry. It was like 85, 95 Bears? Which, no, 85. You know? Sorry. 85 Bears. Yeah, 85 Bears. I had, I had the five right, just the wrong eight. 85 Bears. Uh, that Tim's was a good, a good guy. I've, I've, I haven't been out to the Lazy Bear Ranch, but I have, I've had a chance to talk with Tim a couple of times. You got to come up with a bet. For Super Bowl? Yeah. You, uh, since we're, we're officially going for different teams, we might as well. I mean, rooting isn't the, the way I would put it. I mean, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes win another title. I don't want to see either team I don't want to see title. either of them win, but... <laughs> Unfortunately, somebody's, somebody's going to have to best, get that trophy. Best way this would end would be in a tie, but okay. I, I, that's kind of impossible. All right. um, we'll uh, talk more about this uh, coming up here for you this, morning, this week. Right now, it's time for our final check on what's going on with sports this morning. It is brought to you by Pork Belly Acuna, the place to go for lunch, breakfast every day, even brunch. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., seven days a week. I told you that the... Boise State men's basketball team got pretty much smoked Friday night at San Diego State. It was a 20-point loss. Had an awful lot to do with Boise State not having a healthy roster. Luckily, they have a bye for the week. Uh, they will play on Saturday. Mm, is it Friday or Saturday? The I think it's against, Saturday at I Wyoming. Think it is too, yeah, at with, Wyoming. Against, they're not at, is it at Wyoming or here? No, I think it's maybe. I think it's here. here, You know, here's the the bright side of what we're talking about is the Boise State women's basketball team. They've won three in a row now to move into the top half of the Mountain West standings. Bob Beeler with more. The Broncos' latest win was 66-61 at Fresno State Saturday. They outshot the Bulldogs 47% to 31%. Three Broncos were in double figures. Abby Muse with 15 points to go with 11 rebounds, and Tatum Thompson added 13, and Natalie Pasco 12. Coach Presnell was elated. It's been a great road trip, and I thought Tatum was big tonight. I thought MK was big. Uh, Natalie, you just have to guard her all the time. And then Abby had such close presence tonight. Uh, just uh, proud of her as well. Broncos are now 7-5 and five in Mountain West play and will host New Mexico Thursday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 746. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
752 phone lines are open at 208 336 3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Toll free 1 800 5295 from wherever you might be listening this morning. Also, email us. Chris is out today. So, email Mike at kboi.com. Rick filling in. Some emails uh, to get to on the Chinese spy balloon. Uh, this is uh, no name on this one says. Uh, Chinese spy balloons, possible EMPs released on our country, war with China on horizon. I, for one, am so thankful we have Biden in office. After all, doesn't having a foreign, doesn't having a foreign agent for China as our president count for something? Maybe quick surrender at least. Gotta love liberal values, not. Uh, Dylan writes in, China has proven that they can invade U.S. airspace, period. They've done it multiple times with something that can deliver an EMP. You said it. EMP, yeah. That and that that makes you wonder. It's like, is this like a dry run? It's like, hey, if we sent balloons over the United States, what could would we happen? get this We're, all the way over to the United States effectively? Yeah. Well, the answer is yes. They I, they did. I still effectively don't did it. Understand the outrage of China going? You shot down one of our balloons. I know. Well, it's over the United States Air Force or airspace. You would have done this same exact thing. I don't know that they would have waited as long they, as yeah, we did to knock that thing down. That enters. I tend to think that Chinese that would airspace. Not have been in, yeah, in they orbit. got they got MIGs up immediately, shooting that thing down. Um, the <laughs> Casey missed it a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, one of the most interesting things that came out of this because this was shot down um, after it hit water over South Carolina, past South Carolina. Mm-hmm. York County Sheriff in South Carolina had to put out this tweet. By the way, this is a verified tweet this, this from the sheriff's up. office in please, York County. Please share this. <laughs> yes, there are reports that the Chinese balloon is flying over our area at the moment. It's flying at 60,000 plus feet. Stop trying to shoot it. <laughs> Your, your, your rifle rounds will not reach it. Be responsible and remember what comes goes up will eventually come down, and that includes your bullets. Oh my goodness! I can just imagine what would what would this press conference from the uh, police department, York County Sheriff's Department, sound like? All right, listen up. As chief of police, which by the way is not a racist term. I would just like to remind all citizens not to shoot at Chinese spy balloons or any other balloons for that matter. Because someone shot down a giant red balloon yesterday that was actually flying over a car dealership. Another person shot down a drifting Mylar birthday balloon with a picture of SpongeBob on it. There's no reason for that. And also we had a drunk guy shooting at yesterday's full moon. Please cut it out, peoples. And another reminder not to shoot zombies here in town. Those are just tweakers. That's all. Let's roll. They're just tweakers. Just tweakers. Eh? That's funny. <laughs> I could do it. Billy Bob, let's shoot this balloon down. That's just too funny. Well done. Good grief. KBY News Time 756. Like I said, uh, if you want to get through on your thoughts, 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Other things we'll be uh, talking about coming up this morning. Um, all of us think property taxes need to be looked at. The uh, legislature introduced three new bills. I want to get your thoughts on those bills. Is there one that you like better than the other? Um, we'll talk about that still on the way for you this morning. Plus, City Council, former 
city council member. Lisa Sanchez says she wants her job back, and she wants it back right now. Said there's no reason she should have been forced out of her job, even though she was no longer in her district that she's supposed to represent. I mean, there are no reason at all except for the law. Yeah, except for, but she's, her lawyers are saying that the law doesn't say that. Um, um, yeah, it's going to be no, interesting. No, I'm pretty sure the legislative <laughs> branch made a, a, a law about that. We'll talk more about that coming up here for you this morning, too. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Maybe the uh, groundhog was full of crap. (laughs) I don't know, Mike. Maybe he was. 37 degrees. We're not even at freezing. Here it is in February. First uh, full week in February. Not even at freezing. 37 in downtown Boise. Looking uh, tomorrow could could be close to 50. So it's starting to be nice weather most of this week anyway. Mm -hmm. Got our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Silverhawk Realty. Time to buy a new home. And it is really a buyer's market as of right now. Get a lot of concessions from sellers to help you even buy down your interest rates. Interest rates, by the way, lowest they've been in about six months months at five and a half percent right around there call today to find out how you can get into a new house 208-888-4128 our question today we've got a 50 dollars gift certificate to deja brew bistro french architect for the eiffel tower also well known for another architectural design what is it if you know the answer stick around day from 10 to 1 it's dan bongino now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 807, good morning. Recording and filling in for Chris Walton today. 208 336 3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us. Email us in. Uh, no name on this one, uh, and for very good reason, because uh, I'm sure this person doesn't want to know their, have their name known. It says, just a quick re- question Do you have any idea how many military bases this balloon flew over? Well, I know one base for sure in Montana. Second comment, I'm sick of your lighthearted laugh-it-off-life-it's-nothing attitude, your fake news about citizens being dumb enough to fire on it. There aren't any. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. That was was put out by a sheriff's department. Oh, man, that's fun. How how is it you already have audio to play to make sure we dismiss this threat? Any plans on treating this with the seriousness it deserves, or are your superiors thinking laughter is the best way to handle a Chinese threat? Man, you're an idiot. We've been following this story for since last Wednesday when it mm-hmm. when it started happening. We've been talking about it as a serious threat. We can't help that you don't believe news that is out that we report. I'm I'm sorry that you pick and choose what you choose to believe. There were people that were shooting at the balloon in South Carolina, as said by the South Carolina Sheriff's Department. There uh, was the uh, Sheriff's Department. I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, um, but they were apparently shooting at it, which is dangerous because bullets go up. They got to come down eventually. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a dangerous thing. We've been talking about how serious this threat is all morning. I don't know where you've been. If you just happen to listen for two minutes worth of your time, choose to ignore everything else that we've talked about, how this could carry EMPs, how they could be trying to figure out how the United States would react if a Chinese balloon flies over the United States. They got a, they got a view. They, we let it fly over the United States for uh, about a week Yep, without doing anything. So, you know, everything you said there, pretty much not true, but thanks for the uh, email anyway. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Well, you know, quit getting your information from Newsmax. I tell you 
Um, in letters addressed to city attorney's office, a lawyer for former Boise City Council member Lisa Sanchez asked that she be reappointed to her seat immediately and argued that she did not actually forfeit her seat. She also asserted that the city staff may have misled Sanchez about whether her new address was still located in her district. <laughs> in two four-page letters obtained by the Idaho statesman, attorney Wendy Olson argued that no legal basis existed for Sanchez to have been removed from the city council. Is that so? That's what she says. Wow. City council concluded in January that Sanchez has vacated her seat when she moved to a new address in Boise that was determined to be outside District 3, which she represented, but inside the newly created District 6, which will be used for the November council elections. Sanchez has said she plans to run for that seat. Quoting here, I am unable to identify any statute or city ordinance that allows the other city council members or the mayor to remove council member Sanchez. Olson, a former U.S. attorney for the district, Fido wrote in one letter. Council President Holly Woodings told the uh, Idaho statesman that under Idaho law, Sanchez had vacated her seat when she moved out of the district. State law says that vacancies occur when incumbents cease to be a resident of the district in which the duties of their office are to be exercised. But Olson disputed this, arguing that past cases and her reading of the law indicate that Sanchez did not actually lose her seat. city is mm. looking to fill Sanchez's vacancy as well as a vacancy created by the departure of Elaine Clegg, a longtime council member who's resigning to become CEO of Valley Regional Transit, the Treasure Valley's public transit authority. This is going to end up in court. It could. I don't know that there's... A lot of leg for her to stand on right there. I just don't know. See, that's what I don't get. It's like, if you don't live in the district, you don't live in the district, so you can't serve in the district that you're said to have been elected to serve in. I I think it's black and white based on the law that the legislature made, right? That's kind of how I look at it, but... But we're not lawyers. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last (laughs) night either, so, I mean, let's let somebody decide that can actually make a decision on that. The uh, records obtained by the Idaho statesman do not indicate that Sanchez sent elections office an address to verify as she claims that she did. They can't find any records. That doesn't mean necessarily that she might not have, but there are no records existing that she tried to verify her address as being in District 3. Other council members are being accused of having an agenda trying to get her out because two of the city council members... Halliburton and uh, Councilmember Patrick Bajant, along with Sanchez, all live in District 6. I see. All th- two of them have already said, uh, Sanchez and uh, Halliburton have said that they are going to, uh, I'm sorry, Bajant has said he's going to uh, um, run for the upcoming election in November. Halliburton will make his announcement, but he is expected. So there would be three people within the district who would be current city council members or a recent one, considering whatever happens to Lisa Sanchez, yeah. who would all be running for one seat in the next upcoming election. So they're claiming that they're they're doing this out of malice to try to weaken her for the upcoming run in the election coming up in November. I don't have an answer to that. I mean, uh, I I don't think that Lisa Sanchez is very popular outside of the district in which she was serving. And if she's not popular in a different district, she's not going to get elected. 
I, yeah. I mean, period. That, I, that that was the end of that. Sorry, ba- I didn't I didn't make it very based on he said she said type of deal here, where you know one lawyer is saying no, she never gave up her seat. Um, I mean, in the way of thinking of that, once you moved out of the district, isn't that what you actually did without actually saying I'm giving up my seat? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, uh, email us, mike at kboi.com. We'll talk more about this if you want, coming up after 9 o'clock. Uh, we've got uh, Bronco Monday on the way. We're going to be talking about... It is uh, Monday, yes. Yeah, we're going to be talking about basketball with Bob Beeler. He's going to be in here coming up in about 20 minutes. When we come back, also, we've got a $50 gift certificate, Deja Brew Bistro. You can win with the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question. That's coming up right after Bronco Sports today. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Local company with the Global Network. Call today for all your real estate needs, 208-888-4128. Kelly, it's going to get first crack at our question today. Kelly, we've got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro for you if you can answer this question. A French architect for the Eiffel Tower is also well known for another architectural design that he designed. Our question today is, what is it? I'm going to say the Statue of Liberty. You're going to say the Statue of Liberty, Gustav Eiffel. Yes, That's he the uh, thing designed right there. the Statue of Liberty. They were both built by the same French architect, and then, of course, was given to the United States. Congratulations, you've got a gift certificate, uh, Deja Vu right. Bistro, downtown uh, Meridian. Hold on the line for us, okay? Not to be confused with the Statue of Liberty. That's a whole different <laughs> is that, thing. Is that a whole different thing? Yeah. <laughs> We've got Deja Buru uh, gift certificates to give away all this week. So if you didn't win this morning, hang right where you're at. Stay there all week long. Chance for you to uh, win those coming up here this week. We'll take a break. Coming up, news at the bottom of the hour when we come back. Bob Beeler will be with us. It's Bronco Monday. We'll be talking about a win last week. And uh, unfortunately, probably one of the, I mean, it's not a bad loss. Um, but maybe the worst we've seen Boise State play as a team this year. Granted, San Diego State's a good team. No, they're a really good team, Mike. They're a good team. They're a really good team. Which is why it's not a bad loss. It's quad one, considered a quad one yeah. loss, which doesn't hurt them, and it's yeah. on the road. doesn't hurt them too bad. 20 points, though, doesn't feel very no, good. No. That, that they were, a bit. They were basically out of it from about the 10-minute yeah. mark on. So, And it's the kind of thing that you have to point out to the committee, too, when they start looking at, well, Boise State didn't win their conference. Maybe, I mean, they'll still have a chance to win the, the tournament, but... The one thing that they do look into is they do look into injuries, you know, when it comes oh, yeah. to their losses. So when they see your starting point guard, Marcus Shaver, did not play because he was injured, that that goes into it when they sure. uh, do go to pick. So Bob Beeler will be with us. We'll talk more about that, plus what to expect this week. That's all on the way, coming up in about 10 minutes. This is Bronco Monday. Shaver, step back three. He got it. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. 8-38. The first time uh, in a month we're not talking uh, about uh, two wins in in a week. Um, I I saw an article last week uh, in the Idaho Statesman, I believe, 
Um, in the Leon Rice era, January was uh, the most successful month that he's ever had, having eight wins. He'd never won eight games in one month before. So congratulations. Off to a fairly good start at the beginning of the month, but then uh, hit a really good team in San Diego with some injuries yeah. and foul problems. Yeah, and that was February. So uh, Boise State over the last two seasons has only lost one game in the month of January. And uh, that's, that's number best, one that's, in the nation. That's number one in the way. nation over yeah. the last two years, and I, I think it's it's telling also because January are conference games, so it's not like you know sometimes you can go undefeated in November or December if you're playing you know Week cupcake teams, you. Yeah. So, but no conference games. Saturday, it's gonna be Friday. I'm so used to playing Saturday, but Friday yeah. night down at San Diego, even if Marcus Shaver played, even if Tyson Degenhart didn't get in foul trouble, that was going to be, I think, the toughest game of the season. Yeah. Because Boise State beat San Diego State three times last year, including for the Mountain West Championship. All three games were close. You don't think they circled that game on their <laughs> oh, calendar? Oh, I guarantee they did. You know, and, and you know, talking with folks at halftime, you know, when you're on break, they said in the first half that's the best that San Diego State has looked all season. The most engaged, the best they were defensively. I mean, their their center Nathan Mensa was active inside, scoring. Now, you know, Boise State's not the tallest, beefiest team inside, but San Diego State looked awfully good, and I think when it comes down to it, as we've seen in this conference, of the five teams that are contending for NCAA bids, if you're a home team and you're one of those five, you're going to win, and moving forward, you better win at home. Mm-hmm. More than that, I, I really want to talk a little more about these injuries because the, where we see these injuries right now, we also could see Boise State as a team and how they go. Um so let's talk about the injuries and what do we know about them? When can we see players get back? Well, Najee Smith was back. He, he was hurt at Air Force, did not play yep. in the second half, looked in the, like an apparent knee injury. I mean, they never commented on what the exact injury was, but sitting there at Air Force, it looked like he had ice on his knee, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that that's probably that was what it was. <laughs> but he came back, and, you know, I, I don't think he – he looked like he moved around pretty well, so you know, I, I think he – Looked pretty good at San Diego State. The injury really that matters is Marcus Shaver Jr. And he's had that high ankle sprain all year. Took another tumble at Air Force. It seems like every time he gets a little bit better, then he lands wrong, lands on somebody, takes a fall off a foul, and and he you know takes a step back. And and he didn't play. And Boise State has a bye this week. So to me, that's very fortunate. Boise State is certainly not a deep team. I would not describe them as a deep team. San Diego State, I would describe as a deep team. They've got yeah, a lot of different players as well. you can put in there. Nobody for San Diego State plays 30 minutes a game. Five starters all play over 30 minutes a game for Boise State. The, right. bench has been, the bench has been so-so this year for Boise Man. State off the bench. So I think this, this bye week, there's an odd number of teams in the league. There's 11 teams. Unlike football, Hawaii doesn't play in basketball. They're in a different conference in basketball. But so that means every time there's either a weekend matchup or a week a midweek matchup, there's one team in the conference that doesn't play because there's an odd number of teams. And it may come at the perfect time for Boise State. And then you've got Wyoming, not one of the better teams. They have had all their problems with issues. Their best player, Graham E.K., who's supposed to be the best player in the league to start the season, hasn't been healthy all year. And they announced this week that He's just going to cash it in this year, redshirt, and come back come next back year. Next year. And I think that's smart. a smart move. The team's not doing that well. And, you know, what are you going to do? Come back and play? Who even knows if he could come back? But let's say he could. You're going to play for three weeks for what? 
Yeah, lose a whole year of eligibility. Right, that would that would be a mistake. It would be a mistake for Ek. So you've got to get Shaver back. I mean, he's he's the guy that handles the ball. He's smart. He makes good passes. He rebounds. I mean, if if you have to move everybody up a notch, moving somebody that was a backup, let's say Jace Whiting into the starting lineup, you're going to have Jace play 25 to 30 minutes. And then you got to have other minutes. It's not like the other starters can take more minutes. They can't. They're already taking the maximum number of yeah. minutes. Yeah, and I mean, just the fact you know that Jace Whiting is probably going to be good, but no, you, he is. You lose so much when you have a fifth-year senior <laughs> and you come to a true freshman, no matter how good that yeah, that exactly. true freshman is. You just you just lose a lot in leadership. The unfortunate thing is, um, you know, that I guess Shaver was seen in a walking boot, so he's not. Yeah, but I've I've seen guys that come in in a walking boot during the week. And I'll use football and then end up playing. So I, I don't think I would rush. The, a lot of it's precaution, and I'm sure because, you know, we flew commercial. You're, you're, you're flying, you know, from Denver to San Diego, walking in airports. Yeah, you, you want to take whatever. Those, those things take a lot of pressure right. off things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't read a whole lot into walking boot. It's I've not, seen a lot of insurance policy yeah, more no, than anything is. else. It is. It yeah. is. And I'm not, and I, you know, I'm not saying that. He could be out against Wyoming. He could play and play 35 minutes, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I'll just say You could even see the it coach a, say, it's Wyoming, let's take you, one more game and, and give him an extra four you or five could. days. Yeah, But but when you look at this basketball team, there's one thing that, I, you know, I don't think anybody would say, this team is a whole heck of a lot different if Marcus Shaver's out there healthy playing. Oh, yeah, and I'd, definitely. I'd love to know about the rest of the conference, though, and how this is all shaping up. I mean, we know San Diego State – Probably the cream of the crop right now in the Mountain West, at least. Yeah, New Mexico. After, after Friday night, that's what I would say. Well, if you're, if you're New Mexico at, got beat again last yeah. week. Yeah, if you're looking at the computer rankings, there are still uh, quite a few teams that are in the top 40 computer-wise. And Boise, Boise State sits at 27. They were 20 coming into the game. They dropped to 28, and then yesterday something happened, and they moved up a spot. So somebody else that either won somebody lost them or somebody <laughs> lost uh san diego is now the best in the conference at 23 you've got utah state at 32 new mexico at 37 nevada sitting at 34 so which by the way the mountain west is the only team or the only conference that has five teams in the top 40 right out of all the conferences sec acc pac-12 only conference that has four teams in the or five teams in the top 40 and the other thing that I think is a break, Wyoming is the worst team in the computer in the league. They're below 200. They're at 197. Oh, wow. And there's well over 300 teams that play Division One. I. I think it's like 325, yeah. something like that. So not that you want to lose to a 197 at home. That would be catastrophic. You don't. You but, can't. <laughs> but, but still, it just shows you that the bottom of the league is better. Joe Lenardi, who's with ESPN, has four Mountain West teams in the tournament. Uh, Boise State, Nevada, San Diego State, New Mexico. He has Boise State as a nine seed. Jerry Palm, who does it for CBS, has all five of the teams that are in the top forty in the in the NCAA tournament. Instead wow. of a nine, he has Boise State as a ten. We'll take a break. KBOI News Time is eight forty six. It's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach Leon Rice. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco basketball news talk KBOI. 848, once again, Bob Beeler with us, talking about the most recent games for Boise State, Air Force, and San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State, of course, was Friday night. Yeah, and that was a tough one. No Marcus Shaver, and uh, 
coach uh, Leon Rice uh, was talking about how that made it so difficult, such a challenge, when you arguably maybe don't have your best player on the floor. Uh, and, and then once, you know, we started the first possession with the turnover, and it was almost like putting blood in the water for the Sharks, and they were like, okay, we're going to test the freshman and get after him. And, and you know, that's a, that's a tough uh, position to put the, you know that freshman in. And, you know, we don't have a ton of quickness. And, you know, it's not the strength of this team is a bunch of guys that can go buy guys. And, but we have the right amount of everything when you put them all five together. Well, when you lose one, it kind of throws us out of balance more than kind of. Well, <laughs> and then, and when you lose one that's a you know fifth year guy like Marcus that's that good, it changes everything because you know you guys have seen this enough that if you come out and you handle it, it goes away and then it becomes half court and you still you know they're hard to score in half court. But uh, we didn't handle it and then they accelerated. And again, uh, no Marcus Shaver Jr. Hopefully he'll be back on Saturday. This week, Boise State, no midweek contest. They've got the bye the middle of the week. Coach Rice says it's coming at a perfect time. It is. It's a godsend to have the bye now. And, you know, it's kind of an all-star break, you know, where you get some days. and Because yeah, it's not only Marcus. I mean, you know, you got... Um, well, Naj went down Naj, at airport. Yeah, yeah, Naj was courageous, man. He, you know, because he was probably 60, 70%. His knee was hurting, but he didn't want to miss it. And, um, you know, so it, uh, it, you're right. It's this time of year where you do have a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, I play some guys heavy, heavy minutes. Their legs are gone there. So now this gives them a chance to reset, get their legs back, get their energy back. We'll get our mind back and our focus and, you know, uh, I was I was proud of them in the fact that we came out and won the second half. And you know when you're down that much, you, you got to have some goals and and you know my guys compete regardless of the circumstances. And the circumstances weren't great, but they 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 competed. As somebody that travels with the team, now I don't play and I don't practice, but it does wear on you, especially when you're gone all week. It's just not the same being in hotels and. Getting on airplanes and sitting in, yeah. you know, in in concourses and that, and it's a long season. So, and I'm not practicing and I'm not playing, so I can certainly understand that. Now, Coach Rice, looking ahead to the rest of the season, we've got a little time. Like I said, we we got to reset our bodies, reset our minds. You know, take a deep breath and get ready for this stretch run. We put ourselves in a great position uh, for this last month, and and now we got to go. Like I said, first first things first, we got to get healthy because this, you know. I've said our margin is slim, and what I mean by that is we can't afford to be without one of our one of our starters. I mean, um, and especially the quarterback. I mean, yeah. you know, the the uh, our, our football team without our uh, Taylor would be they they notice. Yeah, they'd notice it, <laughs> and and we notice it without Marcus. But I, like I said, I was proud of the way these guys fought in the second half. They didn't they didn't just throw in the towel, and they you know they kept going. The unfortunate thing, when you look at the net rankings in the computers and you look at the Ken Palm computer rankings, they don't give you an asterisk for people that are out. Yeah, right. Maybe the eyeball people, the, the Jerry Palms and the winner artists do. So the computer looks at it as a 20-point loss, and that's why, in my opinion, they dropped eight spots. I got you. Makes sense to me. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, there's another team, um, Boise State team, that actually is playing pretty darn good now, especially when you compare it to the first part of the season. And uh, part of that has to do with the fact that uh, players are getting a little more experience. We'll talk about that when we come back. The women's basketball team 
and tell you what to look forward uh, as we take a little bit of rest for even the people who get a watch. Bob's still going to be working, though. We'll tell you a little bit about it when we come back next on Bronco Monday. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Idaho Republicans on Thursday introduced three competing bills aimed at property tax relief. One would subsidize homeowners' property taxes using state sales tax revenue. Another would increase and index the homeowners' exemption. And the third, which is backed by House leadership, targets school facility costs to ease the necessity for districts to seek bonds while also raising the exemption slightly. The House Revenue and Taxation Committee introduced all three bills on Thursday. The committee's chairman, Representative Jason Monks of Meridian, told the Idaho statesman that he decided to hear all three bills at once because it's important that these ideas get out there. But he said that doesn't mean that they will all get hearings moving forward, but we're going to see what the committee wants to do. Moyle on Thursday repeated his mantra that the state is not responsible for collecting or spending property taxes and that property taxes are driven by local government budgets. Canyon County says last year they decreased their property tax budget by $14 million, but tax bills still shot up because property values rose. Well, Rick, with your uh, new home, you're going to have to uh, be uh, opening up your pocketbook. This is probably something that you're going to want to be having an interest in. As far as uh, when it comes to property taxes. I'm not excited about property taxes, Mike, but just like everyone else, I have to pay them. If you're going to be a homeowner, you're going to get taxed. True that. Question for you, with these three bills coming through, are there any of them that you actually like? 208-336-3700. Or do none of them go far enough for you? Is there something else that you would like to see? Well, you have three... Bills now that have been introduced that the legislature will be talking about. There could be one put forward, two put forward to get voted on. Three of them could be put forward. And quite frankly, none of them might not come forward for a vote. Gro's bill would dedicate 4.5% of annual sales tax revenue to property tax relief. About 25% or $600 would come off an average property tax bill. So I don't know what your property tax would be, but average, if you're average, it'd be about $600 less less with bill number one. That wouldn't be terrible. That's a start. The proposal from Monks and Moyle also raises 4.5% of sales tax revenue for property tax relief, increases the homeowner exemption cap, and... uh, Primarily, it targets school debt. The bill would give $300 million to school districts to pay off bonds and levies, which are funded by property taxes. That's bill number three that we were, they were talking about right there. The bill would raise the homeowner's exemption to $150,000 and eliminate two of the four election opportunities for school bonds. March and August, it would also expand eligibility for the circuit breaker property tax relief program targeting homeowners with fixed incomes. I think there's one thing that I would really like to change about property tax that I haven't heard anybody else mention, so I'll just I'll bring it up. I don't like that those property tax bills are sent to you right around the holidays. That's when I got hit. Yeah. No, that's when they they, they and they come it's out so because... hard as it is to 
especially with inflation and everything that's happened over the last couple of years, you know, to try and provide a good Christmas for your family. And then you get stuck with something like that right around the holidays. It's just, it, it kills some families, yeah. you know? Well, and especially, those, could, you we, know, could we do that you and some I, other time? Who have our, our homes through a mortgage, our, our mortgage pays it, so it doesn't mean it. But I get your point. People who have already paid off their homes. Well, that was the, me. That's when the know? bill comes. F- I, I yeah. did have my home. Because your other home was paid yeah. off, right? Yeah, it was paid off. And so I did get that property tax right before the holidays. And while my, my house was paid off, doesn't mean I'm wealthy. You know, it just means that that's one less thing I had to yeah. worry about. But man, that was sure a, it was a killer for, yeah. for Christmas. That's all I'm saying. The uh, second bill would index the homeowner's exemption. And this is one that a lot of people have been calling for for the last four or five years. Means the exemption would increase as the value of the market does, which we have seen the Treasure Valley market and Idaho market do. Um, currently, that exemption is capped at $125,000. Um, this would immediately raise that cap to about just under two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So it would raise it up over a hundred thousand um, dollars as far as the deduction is concerned, and it would also then go up and down with whatever inflation would be doing. Sure. So our question: Do you like any one of those three, or do all of them suck? It wasn't what you wanted to begin with, or is there something you like in in any one of them? Go ahead and feel free. I'm just curious now that we've had a time to uh, suss this out after it was introduced uh, last Thursday. Um, do you like any of them, or is there still more that should be done? 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Dylan in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to the greatest morning show ever. God bless um, you, Dylan, and the fine work you do. God bless me. Yes, yes, yes. So when you go to get a mortgage, there are ratios that must be accomplished. You must prove the affordability, debt-to-income ratios, everything. At no point in that mortgage do they plan for huge sways in property tax. Property tax needs to be just as responsible. If our budgets can legally only increase by 3%, then why does the collection of the money increase by huge percentages? The goal of this legislature needs to make, figure out how to make it steady and planned and not just based on the whim of a bunch of out-of-state people choosing to come and find water. Any three of the proposals that you heard of that you oh, like that you man. think that would, would do that? The only one that I can see and I don't understand the implications that I like would just be the increase of the, the um, homeowner's tax exemption. Going from, I think it's capped, like I said, 125000 it would be just under 250000 if that was the one. And it should, it should be based on a percentage of the home's value and not just some flat thing. So then it can slide the scale of the rest of the right. homes. It should be like 75% of what your assessed value is, yada, yada. Thanks, Dylan. Interesting take. Appreciate the call. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email us. Chris is out today. Rick filling in. Thank you again for doing uh, double You're very duty. welcome. Glad to be here. If you're going to email us, email Mike at KBY.com. Uh, Tracy writes in, Lisa Sanchez is talking out of both sides of her mouth. A week ago, she said that staff told her it didn't matter if she didn't live in the district, and now she's claiming staff led her to believe that she was still in the district. So which is it? Hmm. I'm not even sure she knows. Another uh, email here talking about 
the uh, Chinese spy balloon this morning. Tim writes in, I thought it was common knowledge that Biden is friendly with China. Am I wrong? It seems to me like a movie plot where the two world superpowers are hatching a scheme to start a war. There is no better money-making venture than war. So that's the motive. Who knows what the end game would be, but crazier things have happened on this planet, just saying. Not sure that it's been a great money-making venture for the countries that are involved in war. Or that lost. Well, that's certainly true. For the countries that lost, he might have an argument for countries that took part. I mean, you look at the large expansion that happened in the United States after World War II. Also the large expansion that we paid for in Europe. Yeah. And, I mean, just look how much money the United States brought in because of rebuilding and helping other countries rebuild and what was going on here in the United States after World War II. Hmm. You know, there, there's a certain point where you're wrong. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I don't think that you're seeing countries, this is my opinion, I don't think you're seeing countries go, hey, be great for the economy if we went to war, wouldn't it? Because you could also be pretty much ensuring mutual destruction of both those two countries, right? I think you could In make an argument for that. Yeah. You could make an argument for it. If you have two world superpowers like China and the United States, who are probably arguably the two biggest powers, wouldn't you agree? I would say that they are the two largest, yes, in terms of both economy and, and uh, you know, I here's what I don't know. I know that China has been beefing up their, their Navy. I know their Army is very strong, and they've been beefing up their Navy, but I don't know how strong their Navy is yet. I know they have a couple of state-of-the-art aircraft carriers that are, as nice as anything that's on the ocean right now. But I don't know how large that Navy is. I just don't think you want to see, no matter for, I don't think there's a positive to take from that when you have two superpowers that want to get into a, a war. I don't think the United States wants to be in a war with China. I hope that China I don't doesn't think, want to get in the war with the United I don't, States. I don't think either. they do. I, I don't think that. Especially when you're talking about China and the United States, war is bad for business. Really bad if you're China. Well, really bad for America, too. Well, of course, there's going to be a lot of things you don't get. China makes a whole bunch of stuff that they wouldn't get anymore. Sure they do. But in a time of war, um, I think it's the United States economy that China is making hay with right now. I don't think... China wants to go to war based on the idea that going to war with the United States means you're not selling anything because they're not selling it to the Chinese. They're selling it to people oh, yeah. in the United States. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Thoughts about the uh, three bills introduced last week uh, when it comes to property taxes. Do you like any of them? Do you like portions of one? Can you see maybe putting a couple of bills together? Or are they completely all wet and didn't even come close to um, identifying problems that you would like to see um, worked out in this legislature. Go ahead and call in if you want. Email Mike at KBOI.com. We'll take a break. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Sitting here watching Fox Business News this morning about, you know, what you brought up. Rick, as far as, you know, investments in uh, the United States and 
what it would do to uh, the economy for both the countries if, if you know, the Chinese and the uh, U.S. went to war. And by the way, cut nine here, Nathaniel, play this. I, I want to play this real quick. Um, this was from last week, a four-star Air Force general. See what he had to say about this. A four-star Air Force general is now predicting war with China. He writes in a memo that Beijing will likely invade Taiwan while the U.S. is distracted by the upcoming presidential election. He says, quote, I hope I'm wrong. My gut tells me we'll fight in 2025. Maybe we'll be uh, distracted by balloons, spy balloons coming over the United States. I don't believe anybody's distracted by the presidential election right now. <laughs> Oh, no, is, that that's is coming. A long ways away. That yeah. is coming, but I don't think anybody's distracted over that right now. I was just watching on Fox Business News, for instance, Chinese own over three hundred and eighty thousand acres of farmland here in the United States. Did I believe you know that? that. No, I didn't know that, but I I believe it. Three hundred and eighty thousand acres of just farmland. That's not investment in buildings and houses that they also have, but farmland. They're farming. Chinese mm-hmm. are farming here in the United States. Sure they are. Sure they are. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon uh, wireless. Jim from Eagle writes in, when someone says war is good for business, they mean we spent billions in Iraq and Afghanistan building bases, schools, housing hospitals, etc., all built by civilian construction companies. One of them, Biden Brothers, owns 40% of one company that received a $2 billion contract while Joel was vice president. Richard Bloom and a partner in two companies, they received multiple billion-dollar contracts while his wife, Diane Feinstein, was chairman of the committee overseeing those contracts. That is a fact, according to Jim in Eagle. Curtis writes in, most disturbing thing, or actually I should say most disturbing question about the whole spy balloon thing is, why was it not shot down before it came into the United States? There you go. I've been asking that all day. Why not over Alaska in our waters? Why did the Biden administration allow this to continue on its course throughout the United States? So I, I have a, I've thought a lot about this, and as we had mentioned, this isn't the first time one of these balloons has gone over the United States. We just haven't really paid any attention to it or didn't know about it on a global scale, right? Right. This is the first time that one of these balloons has gone over our airspace, and people have seen it, reported it, and then it was widely distributed by the media as well. I'm a member of the media, so I take a little bit of part By the of way, that. taking pictures of it also. Right. Yeah. So when it happens before and nobody says anything and nothing is done about it, nobody's worried about it because, again, it, it wasn't widely distributed. But now you've got, a, you've got a problem in Washington because everybody knows this balloon is there. And if we don't respond, now we look weak. Well, we can't look weak. We've got to do something about it. But it really wasn't spotted until it was over Montana, right? Well, it wasn't spotted by civilians. It Nobody made a thing about it until right. it was over Montana. The military apparently knew about it like four or five days before when it was flying over so are, Alaska and are Canada. You, are you following me? Am I yeah. connecting the dots yeah. along here for you? Yeah. You don't worry about it until people start talking about it and then the media distributes it. Now it's over Montana and we got to do something or we're going to look weak. But we can't do anything about it because it's <laughs> over the United States. We don't know exactly what it is. Too so let's wait till it hits the ocean again yeah. and then we'll shoot it down and then we won't look weak. 
Which and I trust me, I politics. Get, I get that part where you don't want to shoot it over, shoot it down over populated areas. But that whole thing, like we're talking here, it was plenty of time where it wasn't overpopulated areas that the you know Pentagon knew about it, it over U.S. airspace yeah. space that they could have shot it down. I think what threw a wrench in this whole thing was the fact that civilians were able to see it. Civilians were saying, hey, this thing just yeah. shut down our airport for two hours. Yeah, this we UFO, do something what, next time? What is it? Then, then you run the problem of, okay, we have to tell the American people what is going on yeah. here. Um, and nobody's so. squawking about it. You don't have to say a thing. It's not a story. But when it becomes a story, politically speaking, you have to do something about it. And that's what's happened in Washington, where everything is about politics. We can't look soft. Got to do something. Yeah. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a break. News coming up next. We'll get to your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Why is it over the United States? Unclear. Officials tell us that this has happened before, but it might be that they're referring to incidents in the Pacific over Guam and Hawaii, not necessarily the continental United States. Obviously, when it's flying over uh, the United States in the, the middle, upper Midwest, it's a concern, especially when it seems to be hovering, especially when it is, appears to be intentionally flying above these sensitive locations. 208 3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Clay the Wild writes in Mike at KBY.com. Why is it this only became a story when a civilian photo- uh, photographed it? These have been flying over us for years and the military didn't know. Then our early warning system is a fraud. If they knew about it all these years and did nothing, why are we paying them? Don't have an answer to any one of those questions, no. Clay. Uh, Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Well, I just think this whole balloon story is overblown. I mean, if the military ah, thought... Ah, balloon story overblown. I get it. <laughs> oh. ah, ah, you made it funny. I didn't even mean to do that, but... Uh, so you really don't uh, think this is this is a, a problem with Chinese official or a Chinese spy no, balloon I, flying I, over I, the United I, States? I, I, I think if it was a, if it was a threat to get any kind of intelligence or a threat to anything, they would have shot it down uh, as soon as it crossed into the Aleutian Islands into Alaska. I just don't think it was. I think they knew that it wasn't a big deal, and they they weren't worried about it. I mean, all right. So so using using your thought process there, then why shoot it down at all if it's not that big a deal and it's not getting any intel why even shoot it down once it crossed all the way well, across I, the united states well they waited till it get the ocean so probably so they can recover all the parts to look at it so but i i know i just i just don't think it was a threat if it, if it was a threat why would they have waited till it went clear across the united states i just i just don't think it's that big a deal and i don't think that i don't think the military thought it was a big deal because I, I mean that was a that was a big balloon. They keep saying something about three buses, but that's the the cargo part of it. You know, the balloon is like up maybe up to 108. You know, to be able to see it from 10 miles away uh, on the ground with the naked eye, it was pretty big. 
you know, and it was going, what, 50 miles an hour. I mean, it, they, they could have shut it down any time that they wanted. I still think they were worried about it. And there was kind of, there is a risk, something, a bunch of stuff like that dropping out of the sky because you never know what farmer might be out in a tractor or who it might hit. But Well, it did, it did also so. cross over some, you know, large urban areas, too. You don't want... Stuff yeah, falling yeah, out of the yeah. sky when, you know, a population of yeah, 100,000 people or whatever. I just think they thought there was just no sense in taking the risk for the damage that it could do. I mean, they I don't think they were worried about the surveillance or possibly they were following it to see what it could do because they, they would know if it transmits data. Maybe they were wanting to see what kind of data it could transmit. But, you know. I think it's all optics. Work. I really think that's all this is. I don't think the yeah, United States would have done a single thing about it if it, if everybody wasn't paying attention. And once everybody started yeah. paying attention, they decided politically, let's not look weak, let's blow this thing out of the out of the sky. And it was really the only option to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think too. I don't think we were any threat. You quit agreeing with me already. <laughs> that's not a good no, sign. I, right? I agree. <laughs> I'm messing with yeah, you. I, I thought I agreed with you. I said I yeah. don't think it was any kind of a threat. Probably not, but I mean, that's the, never really. Had the, the United point. States done the same exact thing in China, how do you think China would have reacted? Well, if, it, if the United it, States said, hey, they, let's put up a spy balloon over China, they, uh, they may have shot it down. They may have watched to see what it was going to do, too. I don't, I don't have any idea what they would do but they've got satellites come on i mean you know balloons like 1800s technology you know i guess some were used in world war one that's that's what's but, scary about this is it's we mentioned this this morning it's like <laughs> this is really old technology that's been used for hundreds of years and we it still had a chance to fly all the way across the united states maybe we need to look at our old technology to Maybe look into well, that. They don't. They don't. They don't need. They, they have satellites. We have satellites. I get that, but well, here's the difference: you know, a satellite for Russia or for China to shoot into space costs over three hundred million dollars. You know, a spy balloon that can give you some of the same stuff that a spy satellite costs. A, you know, a million. So you get to save two hundred and ninety-nine million dollars by putting a balloon over the United States. A balloon that big couldn't be very maneuverable. I mean, you might be able to hit Idaho, but I kind of doubt if you could hit Ada County with drop one in. They're not, I mean, that's huge. The air surface on that thing, any kind of wind would just blow that thing wherever it wants to go. Well, apparently it blew it all the way across the United States from China up across the Aleutian Islands, Alaska, Canada. but 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 did it go over anything important? Well, I don't know. A lot of people consider Montana to be really important, considering that's where we house uh, intergalactic continental missiles. Uh, I mean, if we're shooting down, you know, all those Klingons and ballistic missiles, you also have (laughs) Malmont Air Air Force Base up there. Um, Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of an important. Yeah, what are they going to look at? They know where those silos are. There was one some outside of Boise for years. Well, look, Everybody it doesn't really matter. Rich, you're, I mean, you're you're pulling at strings here. That It doesn't no, matter no, what it was saying, flying over. It was flying over the United States. That's a violation of our airspace. Saying It's no big deal. If the military thought it was a threat, they would have shot it down. They could have shot it down any time. 
they wanted for practically any place in the United States. It went, what did it go about? 50 miles an hour. You could see it from the naked, with the naked eye from the ground. It just was no threat. It was no big deal. All right. And, they, and I don't know why they chose not to shoot it down, but they did. All right. Thank you for the call. Actually, they didn't. That, that's why I accuse him talking out of both sides of his mouth. It's like if it was a big deal, they, wouldn't, they would have shot it down. Well, they did shoot it down. They just waited five, six days before they shot it down. So you can't say if it wasn't a big deal, they would have shot it down because they did shoot it down. So apparently it was a big enough deal at some point to say, we need to shoot this thing down. Yeah. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing, right? I just, I don't know that it was any more than optics, but that's not really the point. Uh, Kirk writes in, Mike, I have friends in South Dakota which process a lot of pork products. When we go to the store, oh, you had me at pork products. Ah. When we go to the store, be aware (laughs) that Smithfield pork products located there are owned by the Chinese. Great product raised and worked by Americans, but owned by our perceived enemy. Um, (laughs) No name on this one says, well, I for one sure sleep better at night after hearing reassuring thoughts of Rich about the balloon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning, you guys. Yeah, I, I think there was twofold things that I came up with that sound viable for the reason for the balloon. One is it's a slow-moving object that can take massive amounts of photographs in a short period of time, and, it, and it's not moving like a satellite's moving at the speed that it's moving at. And uh, an airplane can't do that either. Neither can a helicopter at that height. So it, it got the information I believe that it wanted. And what it wanted was wanted to know the exact diameters and the thickness of the concrete that these ICBMs are in, and also the cover which opens when they are launched. They wanted to know all that, and I don't think they had it, the opportunity to get that before until they got. That balloons over it. Yeah. And you also, might... I, this, I believe this is possible, that they were checking out what the trade winds were doing in that direction coming from China, and we all know they have gain-of-function research there. And I think if they want to continue with their, their biological weapons, I think that would be a perfect way to deliver them, just release them over a slow period of time over a long a long distance. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Paul. The other thing I will say, if this is not that big a deal, as some mm-hmm. people claim, why is it because, why is it covered on every single news channel? Why is every newspaper in the country have articles well, on it if it's not that big a deal? And that's that's what I'm saying. It became an optics problem once Every station on the planet started covering, hey, there's a Chinese balloon floating over the United States. Has it happened before? Yeah, it has. We didn't do anything about it then. But now we're all paying attention and we want to see what what's the government is going to do about it. And I think secretly we're all rooting for the United States to do something about it. And maybe not so secretly. Yeah. Uh, Clay and Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, I was just watching John Bolton being interviewed, and he said that during the Trump administration, they were never told by the military about 
any such thing as the balloon flying over. And if they did know about him previously and didn't tell the president, there's a bigger problem. See, and I, I said that so earlier maybe, this morning because you're. Yeah, I think Biden's just making this up out of thin air so that, whoa, it's happened before. It was Trump. It's Trump. It's the orange man. It's the orange man. Blah, 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 blah. Everything happened. <laughs> it's the orange man. Ah. And you know, I, I will say there is a report in this kind for these asshats. Th- this, oh, easy now. This, by the way, comes from <laughs> CNN, which would never, ever be accused of, you know, being a right wing conservative yeah, reporting. <laughs> no, but th- even they said this is from CNN. Uh, the transitioning of three suspected Chinese spy balloons over the continental U.S. during the Trump administration was only discovered after President Joe Biden took office. That's according right. to a senior administrating official. <laughs> and this is from CNN. So I'm right with you. And I mentioned this earlier this morning. If this is true, why in the heck, if they knew about this during the Trump administration, why was nobody told about it? Right. Not even the president. Not even the president, which seems to me to be since he's the, you know, chief well, commander in chief. You, we can blame him for everything, right? If he's a commander in chief, you're right. We, I think we have yeah. bigger problems, possibly. Thank you for the call, Clay. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon. Why us need to take a quick break? Uh, coming up, we'll uh, get back to a couple phone calls. Still on the line if you're staying there. Uh, I see you, Randy. See you, Dave. Stay right out. I promise we'll get to you next here on Newstalk KBY. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Randy in Boise, thanks for uh, being patient, hanging on. You're in News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. I thought it was very uh, uh, courteous, I guess, of the Chinese to attack us with a weapon that operates at the same speed as the president's mind. Um, the fact that he took him six days to make a decision was one of two things. It took that long, or he was afraid of offending them. Either way, uh, I'm not excited. Well, I mean, in, in all fairness, they said they, did, they didn't want to shoot it down with a chance of possibility landing on somebody here civilian-wise, which, which I get. But they could have dropped it. They yeah. could have dropped it off the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. That's, the only thing it would hit was a salmon. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... That's a that's a convenient lie, but we they're good at that. Thank you for the call, Dave and Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Hey, how you doing? Um, one thing to remember about intelligence gathering is that you're not just dealing with a picture that you're taking at a certain place at a certain time. You're looking at changes over time. So, what if possibly we let that balloon come across because its flight path was very predictable. I mean, the Japanese during World War II firebombed the Oregon coast with balloons re- released from Japan, even with their rudimentary weather-gathering ability. So we know where that balloon's going. Let's let them see what we want them to see, and let's let them try and piece together a piece of the puzzle, not only from the, the intelligence that they're gathering right now, but also let them put it in a time frame that we're dictating to them. Yeah, those kind of good thoughts right there too. There was like, a lot of there was a lot of good there. Yeah, sure. All right, you guys have a great day. Thanks for the call. You as well. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know what the right answer here is. I mean, there there's certain things that are you know definitely concerning, and like somebody had said last week, it's like they could be looking at just 
no other thing, not taking pictures or anything like that. This could have been put out just to see how the United States would react if there was a spy balloon that comes over. You're not wrong about that. Absolutely. Do you always want to gauge your adversary? I mean, you want to know yourself, but you also want to know in certain situations what your adversary is going to yeah. do. Is it is it okay to say China and the United States are adversaries? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think so. Yeah, they're competitors at the very Certainly. least. Certainly. You know, I mean, there's still some things that don't make sense. You know, China saying that this, you know, was just an accident, that it's not even a spy balloon, that it's a civilian balloon that was taking weather readings. You know, if that if that were the case, what doesn't make sense is then why are you so upset that, you know, the U.S. shot it down over yeah. U.S. airspace. If it if it really wasn't anything other than a civilian weather balloon, why do you care? And why therefore, are you so I upset? think I think that's exactly why you take the initiative to take a pop at it, shoot it down. We would also like to see how China is going to respond to us taking that thing out. But again, I I still say this is all optics. It's all it's all on the political scale. It really doesn't have anything to do with what China was looking at or who they were spying on. And by the way, we're spying on China in oh, a very yeah. big I and real way with our satellites, <laughs> too. So, come on. Don't think that's, we're not. That's not. Well, that's an act of war. That's why I was smiling hey, right there. Guys, I, guys. I said, you know what we could do here and probably solve a lot of the problems is put our own spy balloon up over China. <laughs> and the day, when they shoot it down in the first five minutes as it travels over their airspace, go, see... See, I want to do it a little more. See, you guys on the did the exact same I thing say, we did. Let's send the Goodyear blimp instead of just a normal <laughs> balloon. That's a let's, man balloon. You don't want to kill out, people. Over let's this. send the blimp up and then let's, you know, put it on the big screen what we're looking at so they can all see what we're looking at too. <laughs> just to advertise it a little differently. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, why not? Um email in who has possession of the balloon right now? Um, nobody has possession of the balloon, although we are trying to get possession of the balloon. Uh, the Navy is there. They said it should be fairly easy to, even though it's spread over a seven-mile area. But it's, it's in, pretty it's shallow. In, it's shallow water. It's only like 47 feet deep. Um, and they said it should be I fairly easy. that's deep easy. for me, but... They're talking a matter of, uh, you know, days or maybe a week or two uh, to get, you know, the items that are down into the water up mm-hmm. rather than months so they mm-hmm. think that they can get it and once they get it up they're going to be able to put it back together and try and just figure out what it is there thanks for the phone calls and emails appreciate it uh we'll take a break uh here 20 hour break and be back again tomorrow as i leave i promise we would have one more pair of tickets to the boise golf shore for you caller number six 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless you can go to the golf show going on thursday friday and saturday at expo idaho caller six 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your verizon wireless